Well, good morning. Uh, those of you who are Wellhouse Partners been with us for a long time, and those of you who are brand new this morning, uh, my name is Steve Cunningham. I get to be the lead pastor here at Wellhouse. Uh, super excited for that, and I'm super excited that you're joining us today, uh, whether in person or online. Welcome, uh, and I... Uh, I'm super just excited about a lot of things that have been happening uh, over the course of the last few months. Uh, God has been doing some amazing things, and uh, we get to participate in those things, and that's awesome. We uh, we started off a series uh, just just last week as we're going through. Uh, we talked about what is what is our mission, what's our vision here at Wellhouse, what do we want to do. Um, and, and this series is kind of on the heels of that. What, what are we doing as, as a church? This week, we're going to be talking about what it means to be called. And before we get there, I want to read this uh, section of scripture to you. And I normally print this out because my old eyes are getting harder to read small text, but I didn't print it off today. So I'm going to read it off my phone. We'll see how interesting this is. Here we go. Joshua chapter one, starting in verse one. After the death of Moses, remember Moses is the guy who led the Hebrew people out of Egypt in the desert for 40 years. He's this big leader. It's huge shoes to fill. So after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross into the Jordan River, into the land I'm about to give them uh, to the Israelites. And I love this because here's the thing. Have you ever thought something was going to happen? You had it in mind that it was going to happen a certain way. It didn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen. And then you thought, well, that's it. Not going to happen for me. Not going to work out the way I thought. Might as well cut this, you know, cut, cut, cut bait and go on a different direction. I think it would have been easy for the Israelites. I think it would have been easy for Joshua to say, listen, we thought Moses was going to just be our guy forever. And we thought he would just kind of take us into the promised land and, and that he would continue leading us because we all respected him. We all loved him. We all, we all loved to be underneath his leadership, but that didn't happen. But God's plan continued on even when it didn't meet the expectations of those around. Keep reading on. It's what it says. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Because you'll lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to it from the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? 
be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Today, I, I want to talk about this, this word, uh, and as soon as I throw it out, uh, you'll have all kinds of thoughts that, that go in your head. If you're kind of loosely affiliated with church, uh, maybe you have some bad experiences uh, here and there, this word may be like, yeah, see... That's, that's the reason why I don't get invested with those things, right? For others of you, it'll be mysterious. And you're like, I've been trying to do that thing uh, for a long time, but I just have never been able to, to obtain it. The word is calling, calling. And, and there's a bit of mystery that happens around that word. And I'll be quite honest with you. When I was early on 23 years ago, I started off in ministry I remember preaching some sermons on calling, and I felt like I never did it justice. I cheapened it. I tried to make it a formula by which people could understand what God was wanting to do in their life. And so today, after 23 years, I, I want to be honest, and I want us to have an honest look at what calling is, because it can be confusing, and it can be off-putting, and what I found is that we often spend time learning about the concepts of calling and not about the origin of calling. See, the origin of calling is a relationship with God. It's hard to figure out really what calling is, is the purpose in your life. Everybody, no, I don't think I've ever met anybody who says, you know, like, I want my life to have zero purpose at all. Uh, some of you have felt that way about your teenagers, but it's not true. It's just a phase, right? They will come out of that. We pray. Uh, but truly, truly, everybody wants a purpose for your life. It's what oftentimes we go after. And sometimes, sometimes this is what we find is that even as we age in life, we get a little bit older. It's like, I want to make sure my life it means something. It has some kind of purpose, right? There's something to it that when I look at my life and I look back over the things that I've done and things I've said, and the things that I've accomplished, that it matters, See, that doesn't happen outside of the context, truly, of a relationship with God. And what I've found is that we live, we live in a day and a time where it is really, really easy to get information. Uh, I, I love that this week because multiple times I've, I've hopped on Google to answer various questions from, you know, what I could sell something for. I'm not talking about kidneys or children. I'm just, <laughs> things around the house, you know. <laughs> or information about movies, actors and actresses. We can hop online and find out all kinds of information, but rare is it that we find wisdom. We're surrounded by information. But wisdom is hard to find. And in fact, this is what I'd say, that it's easy to get information, but it's hard to distinguish the truth. 
Have you found that before? I, I, love, I love to find like these videos and, and I think they're hilarious. I remember one where I was like, oh man, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen before. Is a guy who was getting up and, and he was reading Genesis 1-1 and I showed my kids, you know, I'm like, this is hilarious, you know, because he's kind of, uh, he's, he's, he's having a hard time working his way through Genesis 1-1. That, that just cracked me up. Um, and then I later found out that that video wasn't real. And I was like, what a bummer, you know? It kind of took the air out of that. It's hard to find the truth in a day where information is so easy. So when we talk about calling, it's no wonder why we're confused by it. It's no wonder why it seems muddy and difficult. It's no wonder why it seems like that thing that I just can't obtain. Because what's true for most of us is... We've never heard the voice of God come down and say, all right, listen, here's what you need to do next. Now, if that's you, that's great, but I'm just going to tell you that's not my story. 23 years ago, I started into ministry not because I thought God was calling me into ministry. It was because I needed my garage cleaned. It's a true story. Uh, the youth minister who was working at our church needed some youth volunteers. He thought I'd be good. I don't have no idea why. He said, listen, would you, was there any way that you'd be willing to come with us on a youth retreat? I think you'd be great. I really think he was just desperate. Uh, and so he said, what could I do? What could I do to convince you to come with us on this youth retreat and help out? I said, how about you clean my garage? I wanted to see how bad he wanted this deal, right? Sure as the world, he showed up on Saturday. We cleaned out my garage and I went on the youth trip. It doesn't feel like a calling. I didn't have God come down and say, listen, I need you to commit your life to this thing. It feels like God opening up a door and me saying, I'll tiptoe through it and see what happens next. And I started off in youth ministry. I wound up teaching for the next six months in a junior high class every Sunday morning. I thought, man, I don't think they're getting anything out of this. I don't think it's happening at all. Like, it seems like, you know, at best, I'm like trying to keep the lions tame, right? And then eventually... The guy who got me into the ministry said, listen, I, I just need you to know that me and my family were moving away. And I told the leadership of our church that I think you're the right guy to take my place. And I was like, I don't think so, man. I'm going to have to pray long and hard about this because I don't think that's what, I, I had a different version of how this was going to work. I was getting ready to tell you, I think my six months is done. I'm kind of out. And I spent time, eventually I said yes, and I would help out. And I spent about three years, four years there teaching our, our youth group and helping grow that. And then eventually, uh, over the course of time, it led to one opportunity after the other where somebody spoke into my life and said, listen, I think you're the right guy for this. And every time I was like, oh man, I'm not really sure. It wasn't clear to me. Oh man, I would have loved for, to hear the voice of God say, listen, this is what you're called to do. It just didn't happen for me. And that might be true for you too. And that sometimes that's why calling can be confusing. I don't know about you, but when we talk about the idea of calling for some of us, it's like, man, 
I can barely find my keys in the morning. I can't find my calling, <laughs> right? Like I'm just trying to make it through the day today. And the word calling feels like it's, man, that's hefty. That's big. That's like a life commitment. And I don't know what that is for me. I'm just trying to make it through what God has in front of me today. Calling can be hard. For some of you, that sounds, the word calling sounds super spiritual. It's only a word that like pastors use or people in ministry use. And it's only for those kinds of people like God called me to preach or God called me to do this thing. A missionary, God called me overseas. And so a calling isn't for my life. And then if a calling can't be confusing or off-putting enough, I think we have to wrestle through how do I know it's a calling and not something else? How do I know it's something that God's called me to do versus something I just want to do or an opportunity that just fell in my lap or nobody else wanted to do it, so here I am. So how do I figure out truly what God is calling me to do with my life? And here's what I want you to know, and I think this is primary to understanding As we talk through what a calling is, the end is always the same. The end is always the same. There are different means to get there, but the end is this. That you are a disciple who makes disciples wherever you go. And that lets some pressure off of you because you already know what the end result is. That, that's our mission. That's what God has truly called us to do. But it takes various forms and, and it takes different strategies for different people. And God is going to call me into places that he doesn't call you and vice versa. But our end result is that I would be, that you would be somebody who faithfully follows God wherever I go and to share that message of Jesus in the meantime, the first, the first thing that I, I, um, I think is important, though, is in figuring out what our calling is, is understanding that you and I have a purpose, truly a purpose, for our life. You're not just waking up every day and, uh, and, and, and the day, sometimes that's the way it feels, right? Like I just, I'm just barely surviving today. I'm just barely getting through the day. How many of you sometime this week, you're like, I can't even tell you what I did today, right? Like it's just, it just flew by, right? And it's easy to live without purpose. It's easy to do that. It can happen naturally. But God has a purpose for your life, and you need to hear that. In fact, this is what I want you to do. Whisper this or tell it to your neighbor. They need to hear it. Say, God has a purpose for your life. Perfect. Good. <laughs> Don't whisper. Just shout it. You can shout. I just don't want you to get angry about it. You know, like somebody leaves, they're like, I was traumatized. <laughs> Church today. God, God has a purpose for your life. And I want that to seek in for you. Because that means that your life is valuable. And here's what you do with valuable things. You protect them, don't you? For instance, if somebody gifted you a million dollars today, you're not just going to go leaving that laying around somewhere, right? 
You're not just going to stick it any old where and you know, come back to it and, and treat it as though it had no value. You recognize the value in it. If somebody gave you the car of your dreams, the car of my dreams for uh, since I was in fourth grade is a 1976 MG Midget. I just love those things. I realized that with my size and the shape of those cars, I would need like a vat of Vaseline and a shoehorn to get in it. But still, I would, I'm just saying it's true. I recognize. Uh, but I would love that car. Here's the thing. To me, it's valuable. I wouldn't just go driving it anywhere. See, when something's valuable, you'll take care of it. And you'll treat it differently. See, your life has value because God has a purpose for your life. And even though you may not feel that way today, it's true. God has a purpose for your life. Now, having a purpose for your life doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It would have been easy for Joshua to assume that Moses would have always been the guy for Israel. It would have been easy for Joshua to say, listen, my role is the number two role. You even mentioned that. I was Moses' aide. I'm not the leader. But all along, God was preparing Joshua for this role because he had a purpose. You have a purpose for your life it has value. Treat your life with that purpose. Number two, this, just because you're called to do something doesn't mean it will be easy. I think that's a, that's a key for some of us. Like we're waiting for God to call us into something we're comfortable with right? Like I would love for God to call me into a role where I get to watch football the majority of my day. It's not opened up yet. I could do that job with my eyes open or closed. You know how I know that? I do that most of the time anyway, right? I mean, it's like, it's like Sunday afternoon nap watching football. It's the best, right? That'd be awesome. That's not what God's opened up for me. In fact, what God has opened up for me in my life is to work with people. And I don't know if you know this, but people can be hard sometimes. Have you figured that out? Yeah. And if you haven't figured that out, you're the most difficult one of the people around you. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you this sad news today, right? If you're waiting for living into your calling to be easy, you'll wait the rest of your life because what you want is not calling. What you want is comfort. See, your calling will not be easy. What God called Joshua to do, have you noticed time and time again, he says, be strong and courageous and don't be disappointed. Be strong and courageous. Don't be disappointed. Now, wait a minute. If I haven't said this to you enough, be strong and courageous. And there's a reason why, because it was not going to be easy. Just because it's your calling doesn't mean it's going to come all naturally, all easy to you. Joshua calls, or God calls Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. But leading people, obeying God's laws, and, and conquering a promised land, far, 
from easy. Imagine you're, you're trying to lead a group of people that are hundreds of thousands of people who have just wandered in the desert for 40 years. And they feel defeated and they feel deflated. And they feel like they'd just rather give up and go home. And it's hard enough to say, all right, listen, everybody just, we're going to camp here tonight. Why do we have to camp here? Yeah, I like that other place better. Why don't we go back to that one? What are we going to eat? Uh, yeah, I'm sick of the same old stuff. And over 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 again. See, following God's calling may not be easy, but it is true. Sometimes, in fact, always, the truth matters more. Three, it's easy to be confused about our calling when we are surrounded by noise around us. When Jesus preaches the, this uh, Sermon on the Mount, if you're familiar with the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gathers his disciples around and he begins to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you remember his teaching. There's one that stuck out to me for years now. It says, uh, uh, blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. And let me tell you something. Your purity will affect your clarity of God. Have you ever noticed there's a time in your life where things kind of seem muddled and empty and you're like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know what way to turn. I'm not really sure what's going on. My guess is there's probably a lot of clamor around you. Moses had a grumbling group of people who, when things didn't go their way, they argued and they complained and he had a lot of voices to listen to. In fact, there were many times where he was like, all right, God, deal with these people because I can't do it anymore. There's too much noise. And this would be true for Joshua as well. Let me just say this. It's true for you and I today. Today we're surrounded by at at best sometimes, self-help, individualistic, ambition-driven talk that attempts to point us to a truth that only God can. Let me say that again. Today, we have talk that is self-help, individualistic, ambition-driven, that attempts to point us to a truth that only God can. And when we surround ourselves with the clutter and the noise of the world, it gets increasingly harder to listen to the voice and clarity of our Savior. And that's why Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. It's wonderful when you wall yourself away in those kinds of ways because then truly you'll be able to see me more clearly. It's easy to be confused about our calling when we're surrounded by the noise around us. 
for is this. Your calling will generally be affirmed by someone who knows you and is attuned to God working in your life. This is true of Joshua. Before Moses dies, he pulls Joshua aside actually several times. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 31, 7 and 8, we, we read that, that Moses pulls Joshua aside and he says, listen, you're going to be the next leader. And you're going to have to lead these people. And here's what's interesting. Courageously and strong. Be strong. Be courageous. You're going to have to lead these people. And then it says right before Moses died, he blessed Joshua. You know what I found is true increasingly more and more in our society. And unfortunately, our churches have reflect more of what society has, has given to us. Is that we've become more individualistic in our community. And I'll tell you something. And, and uh, it has it it mattered deeply, greatly in my life and my walk with, with God. That the more I surround myself with mentors and people who can speak into my life, the, the more I've grown. I love, there's a quote uh, from a, a good friend of mine. He said this over and over and it stuck with me. He said, Steve, you'll never, ever grow an inch in your comfort zone. You'll never grow an inch in your comfort zone. And it's true. And so I've intentionally put myself uh, under uh, mentors in my life to say, listen, you have all access pass. You get to know me. and You get to ask questions about my life. That's why I, I've, I've told many of you, uh, and some of you who know me well, you know every year I go away to something called Preacher Camp. And next Sunday uh, evening, I'll be leaving to go there for a week, and it'll be a great time. And the reason why it's a great time isn't always because of the conversation we have, because those, those can be really hard. But it's because we have people in our lives who will speak into us about things and speak over us about things and we'll be honest with them. And so in your life, it is super important for you to have somebody who you can bounce things off of in your life and say, listen, I feel called to this. What do you think? But it only works if they know you and they see the way God is working in your life. And so ask yourself this question. Do I have anybody in my life who knows me well enough who could speak those things into my life and has seen God at work in my life. It's one of the reasons I love our men's discipleship group here. It's an opportunity to get to know one another and to be able to speak into one another's life in an intimate way, far deeper than, hey, how's your week been? What's been going on? That we're truly getting to know somebody and then affirming how God is working in their life and say, listen, I see this at work in you. Have you ever thought about this before? I see God doing these things in you that, that, that man, that's a gift. You need to lean into that. See, that's exactly what happened to me. If you had asked me 23 years ago, hey, Steve, what do you think you're going to do in your life? What is that going to look like? I would have never said, listen, I'll probably be a pastor. Based on my past, that was, that was out of the question, <laughs> See, the world around me, my teachers around me, the peers around me, they would have said, no, 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 that is not his gifting, trust us. But there was one guy who knew me well enough who could speak into me and said, listen, I see God at work in you and I think this is the direction that God is calling you to go in. And so my question for you is this, who are you opening up your life to in that kind of way that God can speak to you through them?
It takes a whole different level of accountability. Moses knew and affirmed what God was doing through Joshua. And my question is this. Can you imagine how much that meant to Joshua? There had to be a a point where he was like, man, this is huge, but Moses believes in me. And Moses, he took his hand and he put it on my shoulder and he blessed me. And so even though I don't feel like I'm the guy for it, he sees something in me that I don't yet see in myself and I want to see it so badly. And when you isolate yourself away from mentors, you isolate yourself away from that blessing. And that truly is a blessing. One last bit of good news for you. And this is huge. And I'm going to tell you, this is where I missed the mark a long time ago and felt the need, desperate need to get it right this time. That you don't have to go find your calling in life. Like you don't have to go on this quest to find it. Like I can't figure out what my calling is. I can't find that. I'm searching, I'm searching, and I just can't find it. You just have to be open when God makes it available. Here's the beautiful thing. We don't have a story in Scripture, Old Testament or New Testament, where somebody was going, looking after their calling, and then eventually God gave it to them. Time and time again, they're just doing life, and God opens up the opportunity, and they either choose to follow it or they don't. And that's true for you. See, some of you are worried because you've tried to search for the right thing all your life and you've never found it. The beautiful thing is all you have to search for is God. And everything else will be given to you as well. See, and that's why I so desperately want you to know Jesus. is I can point you to a million different places. I mean, I can point you to spiritual mentors and they're great and I can point you to myself and I'm okay sometimes. And I can point you to Wellhouse Church or lots of other churches and they're wonderful. But none of those things can save. And none of those things can give the meaning and the significance and the purpose that only God can through the work of Jesus Christ. In a moment, we get to gather around tables there to one or other side, and the whole purpose is to remember Jesus. (laughs) And for some of you, that's a relationship you've had like almost your whole life. And for others of you, you're still trying to figure out what the meaning is there. Here's what I want you to know for sure. Is that long before you existed, God loved you so much. That he saw value in you where you don't see value at all. And he decided that you were well worth whatever price that had to be paid. And so he paid it through his only son. And so today we gather around a table 
that demonstrates God's love for us, but demonstrates your value in God, that you were created for a purpose, that God loves you and he gives you his name, that you get to be Christ follower, a Christian, no matter what happened last night or this morning or last year or for the last 20 years where you're trying to get over those decisions. It doesn't matter. God calls you his own. You were called. You get the opportunity to live into that every single day. And if you're new here to Wellhouse, you know that uh, you may not know that I like to close out our time together with a blessing. This blessing is just for you. It's to remind you who you are in Christ and who God is to us. So would you stand with me? And as I finish out our closing, our, our blessing together, you'll be dismissed to the tables. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with tremendous joy. May you be swept away in God's love for you and transformed through the Holy Spirit's power within you. Thanks be to the only God, our Savior, who is unparalleled and unchanging, who is matchless and merciful, who is supreme and sufficient, who is before all things and through all things and in all things, both now and forever. Amen.